Welcome to Beyond Synth. Please note, Beyond Synth is an explicit program and may contain inappropriate language. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Hey there, this is episode 172 of Beyond Synth. My guest today is Michael Oakley, and joining me right now is Marco. Hey, I was just talking to Michael Oakley too. He's a cool guy. I can't wait for his interview. What were you talking hey, to him everyone. about? <laughs> what were you guys talking about? Well, he's in a similar situation as me. He is he gay. <laughs> yeah, very funny. <laughs> That's actually good. I like that. Um, he, no, he moved to Canada uh, and he married a girl over there. So he moved. So it's the same thing. We're both waiting for a uh, green card, all that stuff. And he can't leave the country and I can't either. I was talking about going to visit him because he's actually closer than you are. He's only three and a half hours away from me. If you came over over to visit him you'd better visit me because it's oh nah man you're annoying <laughs> I talk to you enough as it is <laughs> he's only an hour away like it's there would be I know I know I said I was going to come and visit you and then I might as well come and visit him as well so fine alright I was going to visit you first listen man you know. just gotta fucking visit everybody alright <laughs> that seems to be the story of my life yeah um, no so we're just talking about how anyway he's a cool guy I like him I like his music too yep no he's cool he makes good music we'll be talking to him later on in the mm-hmm. show looking forward to that one but first, uh, let's get the show started. We'll listen to some tunes, and then we'll uh, take care of some business. If I refer to it as business, does that make it like people are going to like skip through? I mean, we're going to have a good time. No, well, it's it's a good kind of business, though, you know? I think so. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, man, here's a cool track from an artist called Overvad. O-V-E-R-V-A-D. This track is Silver Stallion. <laughs>
And that was Silver Stallion by Overvad. And uh, that song is cool. That, of course, was brought to you by my lovely Patreon supporters. The king of the Pattersons uh, is Chris Dance. That's right. Chris Dance is a really awesome guy. Very generous dude. Chris Dance, you are cool. And uh, thank you very much for your support, Chris Dance. And on that note, I should mention that we have some pretty cool Patreon news for Beyond Synth. So thank you to everyone, all the awesome supporters. We reached one of our Patreon goals. All right. Yeah, so basically I did say if we ever reach that goal that we would be adding an extra episode a month. That would be the Beyond Sense family shows with you and Hoo-Ha and Florence. So uh, we'll do one. All right. That sounds good. So December we'll have an extra episode. Wicked. I had a lot of fun talking to the Synth fam, so I'm looking forward to that. It looks like everyone enjoyed it too. So what are you going to do, like two shows in one week then on a certain week? I guess so, yeah. All right, all right, cool. Now, the irony is that I was hoping to take a week off in December after the Christmas show. (laughs) See, even now, I was going to take a week off, and so I thought, well, instead of that, I'll do the bonus show, but then that still doesn't feel like a bonus episode if there's only four episodes in that month. You've got to do it, man. That's the the promise on the pledge or whatever on the It is, it is. So so instead of taking a holiday, I will instead produce an extra episode. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Your family's going to be thrilled. <laughs> uh, well, whatever. Anyway, but look, uh, for all the people, uh, all of my uh, patrons on Beyond Send, thank you very much. We have a bunch of new ones that I'll be uh, we'll be talking about in a little bit. And uh, thank you for supporting the show. And so I-, I was actually going to appeal to the audience. Let me know what you guys want as further goals, because I sort of done the math. So for me personally, I would love the real Beyond Synth, the YouTube version of this show, to be a more regular occurrence. Um, I would love it to at least be once a month because right now it takes me sometimes like six to mm. ten months to produce a, an episode just because it's it's hard to make. I, I basically figured now that the only way for me to do that and do this show is if I have enough money coming in where I can actually hire someone, like hire an assistant editor and some other people and stuff, some graphics people to actually do a lot of the work on the show. Mm-hmm. The next goal is going to be to do a weekly live stream. Yep. And then a uh, goal after that i was thinking i was possibly producing like other sort of beyond synth related podcasts Mm -hmm. i mean obviously i still have to finish my star trek conversation with florence i've had this discussion with people where sometimes when we do when we go into two specific topics sometimes some people feel kind of like left out like the star trek fans love the star trek conversations Mm -hmm. but then i've talked to other people who are like ah you kind of lose me when you're doing the star trek talks and stuff like that which is fair enough if you're really not into it you're not into it i mean Yeah. yeah So I was I was thinking possibly creating like a secondary show that might be sort of easier to produce that might not like so Beyond Synth the Mothership is the is the Mothership podcast oh, yeah. and that will always be about interviewing artists and producers and people in the scene that make cool music or cool artwork or whatever and playing new music and listening to cool tunes and then there could be like an offshoot podcast that's specifically movie talk TV talk and that sort of thing but it's more about mm-hmm. the 
conversation and also having them with people who have been guests on the show. So I guess you're asking, uh, well, what do people think? What do people want, right? And what are them, the, the awesome patrons? Yeah, um, because I have to set new goals uh, as we reach goals. It's like, well, what else can I do besides produce this show? And so I was thinking, well, one thing, sometimes I take breaks every now and again. So there is a number I have in mind that if there's enough coming into Patreon where I can pay rent, pay all the bills, put my kids in daycare so that I have like full-time work hours. Mm-hmm. If I reach that particular goal, I could guarantee that there would always be an episode every week. Like that's something I could do. Yeah. Because yeah. usually it ends up being about like 45 a year. Like there usually ends up being a few weeks here and there that I have to take breaks on. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. But if I had a full-time schedule... Uh, like, you know, an actual full working day to work on the show. I think it's fair that I could produce and, and guarantee. Well, how many would it be? Because it'd be 52 episodes a year plus 12 bonus episodes. So what's that? Jesus 63? Christ. Okay, That's so. A lot of work. Yeah, so, yeah. I, so I have a goal in my head. It's like, okay, that'll be like a few goals down the road, like a guaranteed. Mm-hmm. If we reach this goal, there will be 63 episodes of Beyond Synth a year. And then other goals on top of that involve me hiring people. So that's. Yeah. That's the way it, it is. Sounds exciting. Sounds good. Do you have a suggestion? All that stuff sounds good. But, you know, I mean, if you get, if we reach a certain amount, you know, I mean, what we could probably do is have branch off shows. We could, we could start up Synthetic Sundays again, you know, like. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> See, <I> t- <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. But really, they, they, there's all sorts of branch off stuff you could do, I think. I mean, even get other people to do stuff for you. It's probably an option, I think. Whether it be an interview or it be just special segments like uh, Florence could do something hoo-ha could do something i could possibly do so i, I don't know you know there's i mean it, it's hard there's so many possibilities really um no that makes sense i i, I think that makes sense because as if there's more coming in that then some of it can be distributed outwards yeah. to some other people to to produce things like i think that would be cool yeah i mean i mean probably the main thing like you said would first thing would be to have somebody to assist you and mm-hmm. and and help with a lot of things so that you can pump out more content and do more video stuff because honestly i think for me i, I really like your video work I've, I've, it's really good like the the interviews that you've done on video I mean I don't like to speak for other people but I think I do on this occasion I think we all really enjoyed that stuff it's just really good it looks really good it's really professional and it's really bloody funny you know so yeah I would I, and I would love and I would love to do more I know the videos part is difficult too because the people have to be at your location too that is the hard part as well I did set up a goal that is sort of a joke but it's true mm-hmm. <laughs> which is like on, on Patreon people <laughs> can see like there is a goal that's like a ridiculous amount of money because I did the math and thought well if I did a weekly show where I would have to fly guests in you know to to be in studio yeah that's like you know a grand a week just for fucking plane tickets at least yeah uh you know like that's part of that'll be part of the expense what if you get like 10 grand a month or something that's more than that because because I would also (laughs) I I would also have to rent a studio because I could no longer do it in my house because there would have to be a full time Mm. studio there would have to be You know, assistants like camera ops and stuff, because I could no longer do that stuff myself because I couldn't afford for things to go wrong. Because right now I do it Mm -hmm. all like, you know, when the guest is there, I'm the one watching all the cameras to make sure that they're in focus and make sure our audio levels are good. And (laughs) at the same time, trying to also be present in the interview. Mm -hmm. You know, anyway, look, we've been talking about this too long. Do you want to play me? me Do you want to play me a song? All right. Well, Lamartos have brought out an awesome new track, which will be featured on uh, the Image Comics new sci-fi thriller, The Weatherman. Uh, It features an assortment of uh, basically a who's who of Synthwave producers. 
And uh, it's an awesome track. I've been uh, playing it a lot lately, and it's called Complete Memory Recovery. All right, this is Complete Memory Recovery by Lomatos.
with the track Complete Memory Recovery and that was brought to you by my lovely Patreon supporters with the 4488 it is Jacob Wick thank you very much Jacob Wick for being a really cool guy the best one of the best there's an assortment of cool guys and in the $25 club Mr. Clint Dowling and uh, new donor this month Tim Carlton so thank you Tim Carlton for your support you're a cool guy we'll probably mention you again when I do the uh, the new patron shoutouts but anyway yeah so that track was um, there's a comic series and each issue has a an artist who did a particular track for a particular issue of this thing called the Weatherman and I know like what Ogre is there and Betamax Ogre, Magic Sword Madcap and Vanity Set Laser Hawk it's, it's a power glove so for a little uh, behind the scenes uh, Magic Sword contacted me because he I think he was helping out the person who was curating the music Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they, he'd already got a bunch of people, but then he asked, like, is there anybody else, uh, you know, you can recommend that'd be cool to do a thing? And then I uh, I did a little bit of, li- is that, li- no, it's not liaison work. What do you do when you connect people? You do a bit of, it is kind of liaison, I guess. I don't know. It's, uh, it's a word for it. I fucking know. <laughs> Dangerous liaison. Yeah, that sounds better. <laughs> if, uh, you know, you dig Love My Toast, check out my Instagram. I made a little short film with uh, JP with a... Uh, the little tiny hands mm-hmm. and I directed it in a David Lynch style because he had these little tiny hands when they were playing in Toronto mm-hmm. they got these little stupid plastic hands funny. <laughs> yeah well I was trying to figure out I thought you photoshopped I couldn't work out what was going on what is that photoshop or is that actually little hands I was like what the he fuck? had these stupid little rubber hands and like <laughs> it, it's a, they're a lot of fun to play with 
<laughs> so random. Uh, that's cool. He contacted you to. Uh, that, that's cool. That's. Um, I mean, yeah. to be fair, like I like to make it sound like I had more to do. I think he already had in mind the artists he wanted to reach. He just didn't have their contact info. He wanted to consult with you, probably, just to get your. Uh, yeah. I think he already had in mind like Ogre and Betamax. Yeah. And so I, you know, I didn't really do much of anything. Maybe he was just looking for reassurance then, or just to connect, touch base with somebody, and say like, "Am I doing the right thing? Am I missing mm. something?" Just in case. Yeah, Which I that, like to do too, so I understand that. Yeah, no, that's a possibility. Or maybe he just didn't really care about your opinion. He was just... <laughs> yeah, no, that's possible too. <laughs> Not many people do, Marco. <laughs> and I got a fucking mouse in my kitchen. Oh, God, I had a mouse. Yeah, I don't even want to go there. God damn it. And we knew there was something going on, but I've never seen the mouse. And then last night I had insomnia. So we were supposed to record last night, you and I. I yes. passed yeah, we out. Were. Thanks for that, for standing me up. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Well, anyway, yeah, so I put my kids to sleep, and then I ended up falling asleep, too. I woke up at 1.30, and I could not sleep. Last night sucked. Like, I was awake for two hours, so I couldn't sleep, but I also didn't have the energy to do anything. Because mm-hmm. usually when if I have some insomnia, I like to do chores or something, just yeah, make use of it. But I couldn't make use of it, and I just sort of sat there in bed. And then when I finally fell asleep, I had two nightmares that woke me up. Oh, shit, too. And then my daughter came into the bed at one point, and then as she's climbing, literally just slams her fist down right on my crotch. <laughs> like, that's because she was climbing, like, at that level. So, again, that's my fucking night. I didn't sleep. When I finally did, I had nightmares, and then I wake up to getting fucking punched in the dink, and then I had to wake up early to, you know, walk my son to school, and so I've been kind of groggy. And then, anyway, last night, I hear this sort of, like, the sound of plates moving a bit. And I'm like, oh, fuck me. I go into the kitchen quietly, and then there's this goddamn mouse on the counter. Oh, my God. And then it, like, escapes vertically up a pipe. (laughs) Up a pipe? Yeah, it runs to this pipe and then just went up. (laughs) Like, it just moved up. I don't know how mice do that. Like, I don't know if they just have really good grip or they can fly or something. Cause like, yeah, they're very nimble. He fucking flew up the pipe. And I'm like, God damn it. So now I got to fucking. Well, at least it's a mouse and not a rat. We had a rat the other day. Oh, rats. Yeah. Well, I've seen rats outside of my house, but never. Mm. No, like if I saw a rat inside, I would scream like a you child. Would? Oh, fuck. Rats are huge, man. Yeah, I know. This one was big. We, well, we caught him. But anyway, it's fucking freaky, man. How the it's fuck really... do you catch a rat? Rat. You in a rat trap. So is it just like a mouse trap, but bigger? But bigger, yeah. Yeah, that's basically it. So, so it still, it. does it kill it? No, like, no, no. We, we released it up the road. Oh, you mean uh, like a cage? Yes, like a cage. It's a trap that snaps. They put some cheese in it, and then there's like a trigger uh, on it, and it snaps. Yeah. Well, all the traps I've ever used for a mouse uh, snap a metal thing down that like breaks their neck. Yeah, yeah. No, we didn't want... Well, we... We're very, uh... Well, I don't know if you can do that with a rat. That's what I'm saying. Like, because rats yeah. are bigger. Like, maybe, like, you'd have to have such a powerful trap that, like, if you got stuck in it, it would be like a bear trap and, like, fucking rip your toe off or something. Yeah, exactly. you got to be careful. It's, uh, it's going to be pretty sturdy, pretty strong to cut through a rat. <laughs> <laughs> what a pleasant conversation this is. I know, I know. Look, can we change the subject? <laughs> yeah, let's... Uh, well, how about this? Let's listen to a track. And then we'll uh, we'll talk about something else. <laughs> <laughs> so here's a cool track uh, from Baldo Caster um, off the album Moonrise, and this is Sputnik. <laughs> we 
And that was Sputnik by Baldocaster from the album Moonrise. And that was brought to you by my lovely Patreon supporters in the $25 Club. Hey, there's Johnny Five, who has upgraded his support. Thank you, Johnny Five. You're a cool guy. Uh, and thank you for the thank you so much for supporting the show. You're cool, man. And of course, there's Emilio Astavez, who we uh, heard from last week. We heard one of his uh, funky tracks, so you should go check out Emilio Astavez. And then there's Action Jackson. Check out Action Jackson, man. All these people make cool music. Do you have any like guilty YouTube pleasures? Like weird, like you don't want to know. <laughs> yeah, I know when you say that, your brain instantly goes to porn. But like, no, no, not porn. It's actually it's probably worse than that. <laughs> <laughs> But I have a fascination. I think a lot of people do with yoga pants. With, um, accidents that happen, you know, like on just I don't know in general, you know, when things go wrong and stuff. I do have a, a morbid fascination with it. I guess I don't want to see it. Ha- I mean, I don't want anything that bad to happen to anybody. Of course, I'm not that person. Mm. But when it does, I'm intrigued by it. You know. Well, see, for me, I like watching people who build or craft things that are really good yeah. with the tools they use and like are just very proficient like so I've been watching this YouTube channel where this guy restores old worn down tools and stuff what sort of tools like just general hand tools well the, the one I watched was he restores a like an old deadlock vice okay so it's like this old vice it's like sits on a table right it's a vice grip mm-hmm. and it's all just brown and rusty and fucked up and then you know like he's like sandblasts it and sands it down and gets the rust away and then like shines it up and then paints them and and he doesn't play any music or anything right. so it's all just the sound effects of like the tools yeah. which is really nice because a lot of those videos they always play like those YouTube certified songs you know like the ones you're allowed to put in the background god I hate that shit yeah so you see a lot of YouTube videos where someone's like here's me you know like building a shed and then the background music is like this cheesy kind of like 90s techno music or it's like fucking dubstep fucking crap yeah yes yes and and you and you've heard it in other videos in the background as well and so it's just sort of annoying so this guy just plays like the sound effects of him actually using the tools I don't know like I just find it mesmerizing like I just watch it and I'm always so amazed at people who are just good at their trade like because I don't have a trade it does kind of sound cool because whenever I see accident videos like I get annoyed that people put them on there like there's this Mm -hmm. one YouTube boy suggests it's like oh um sports fails Mm -hmm. or fails at the Winter Olympics or something and the thumbnail image is of a skater like laying on the ground like a lady and a guy Mm -hmm. and it's because it was a Canadian skater and they were doing like the the move where you your one skates on the ground and you spin in a circle with your leg out mm-hmm. and he fucking like hit her in the face with his skate as they were spinning you, like you see it start to go on I'm like oh this video is all about like her sports fails and I'm like oh my god like I just saw someone get like slashed in the face like with a knife essentially is what you see and so it's horrifying. I mean, she's fine now. She's this Canadian. I forget what her name is, but like, she's okay. But she got like a slice across the nose. And Jesus. so I'll see those things pop up and I'll watch them. But I squirm. Like when I see people like in pain, like it, it hurts me. That's why I never found um, Home Alone funny. Because I just feel the pain. Just dudes getting yeah. hit in the head with bricks and shit. And it, I just go like, oh, like <laughs> that sucks. And groin violence, man. Like, when I see people, like, just get hit in the yeah, nuts and people fucked. put it together a compilation of, like, skateboard fails or something, mm-hmm. and they're they're going down the rail, and then the board goes out, and they just fall right on their fucking dick, like, as they're, like, going down the, <laughs> the thing. Like, it hurts me so much to watch. Like, I can't... I don't even find it funny. Like, I go, like, oh, I my God. Get the- 
Well, I don't get that humor either. It's like it's like slapstick humor. It's like I mean, it's I like bad jokes or stupid jokes, but when people are just getting hurt, like slipping over or, or like like the Home Alone scenario, is that really funny? Well, oh shit, he set up slippery shit and then there's thumbtacks, you know, or yeah. there's a there's a hammer that swings down and hits him in the nuts. Yeah, <laughs> and like, does everybody laugh? I mean, really? Like, it's just weird. It's painful. Yeah, I feel the pain. Yeah, there's some slapstick I like, but it's more like the old stuff. Like, I like watching old like Buster Keaton clips and stuff. Yeah, just because that dude was so talented like just as a stunt man like when you watch those things and know that there's no cgi like he when he jumps from one building to another like <laughs> he jumped to another building and then he fucking misses <laughs> that's in the movie like he jumps misses then falls mm. and then the next scene is him like just sliding down the building like bumping into poles and stuff and it's like that dude was nuts yeah jackie chan was nuts oh yeah jackie chan as well fuck how many injuries he had all his own stunts yeah jackie chan's like pretty much like the closest thing to buster keaton you like, know even tom cruise does a lot of his own stunts too um, yeah and he's always breaking shit he's a crazy bastard i mean but mind you like at home he probably literally has a vial of like young person blood that he <laughs> i reckon he does i reckon he's got stem cells that he injects into him or something yeah. it's <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> hey man do you want to do you want to play me a song i do have a cool song for you this week andy compiler bow has been working on a long-term project uh probably since 2013 he has been composing songs uh remakes i guess you could say of famous uh Bach works, the famous composer. What's his full name, Andy? <laughs> Johann Sebastian Bach. That's it. I'm no, I really don't know much about classical music, but this is a really good take on it. Synthesizer take. Uh, he's finally got 10 tracks, and he is releasing it as an album. It is available at compilerbow.bandcamp.com. Something a little bit different. Uh, you might like it, you might not. I think it's fucking awesome and brilliant what he's done. And uh, the one I want to play is Fragments of Bach Part 4, please. All right, this is Fragments of Bach Part 4. Four by Compiler Bow.
And that was Compiler Bow with the track Fragments of Bach 4 or Part 4 or however you want to say that. Yeah, I think it's just 4, but I, I like I, I like to say Part 4. I don't know. And that's uh, that was Marco's uh, second pick of the week, brought to you by my lovely Patreon supporters in the $25 Club. There's Chris Williams, Christian James, and Joey and Kendra. You guys are all Awesome. Okay, so how about this? We got to do a quick uh, Retro Revolutions update. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm going to... Uh, blah, 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 blah. All right. I'm going to go chat with... <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go chat with Jared quick, and then uh, we'll be right back. All right. All right, and it's time for a few Retro Minutes with Jared. Hey, Jared, how's it going? Uh, yeah, good. It's one thirty-three in the morning here. Yeah, sorry. People always wonder, like, when we're talking on the phone, why our voices sound different. It's because it's hard to um, schedule, because since you're in New Zealand, the time zone literally works out to be the opposite of my time zone. Yeah, I'm in the ass end of the world over here. Yeah, but it's like the complete opposite. See, what people think... You know, they just assume, oh, the opposite is 12 hours difference. I used to be 12 hours different with Marco. But when you're 12 hours different, there's lots of times in the day where you can actually, like, line up with a person. So it's like 9 a.m. for the one person is 9 p.m. for the other person. But when I talk to New Zealand, it's literally like, when I am asleep, you are awake. And then vice versa. And that's, like, the way it just is. Yeah, it sucks. It really sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, man, what uh, what are we going to talk about uh, this week? We could go on about the uh, the Midnight Game Boy I've just finished, and there's some upcoming projects with Time Cop 1983. Yeah. So what did you do for the uh, the Midnight there? Because you do have a video up on your uh, on your YouTube, which people should check out. So I worked with uh, Mizu Cat. I'm hoping I said that name right this time. Mm-hmm. This one's been done with Mizu Cat and Genuine Human, who does like pixel art for Gunship and people like that. Yeah, he's a talented dude. Yeah, I like that guy. Yeah, cool. And he's done a little video part for us and um, Miji Cat painted up the uh, the Game Boy and then this Game Boy Colors consoles basically so you can plug an NES controller into the top of it and it's got a TV output in it. So normal Game Boy operates as normal but you can put it on your countertop and then it's a uh, consoles system. And what will happen is I've got the ROM cart coming soon which will have all of the uh, the games on it for Tim. Also there's a few boot up files so you can like display the Midnight's logo and stuff on your TV and things like that. It's quite cool. So it's a Game Boy Color so to get all the games you need like a cartridge that's got like a memory card slot in it is that how it works yeah yeah flash card yeah okay okay there's a really good one it lets you like put flash flash all sorts of things on it not just game boy games so you can like literally put music and files and other things on it too it's it is just a game boy color but you've adjusted it so it's got outputs where you can actually make it like plug it into a tv yeah yeah consoleized one so yeah and um there's an audio amp in it as well and some other things, so it's pretty pro end, yeah. And there'll be a box and everything for it like normal, so yeah, it should should turn out pretty good. I think in, by the time we're recording this, it may be about three weeks away from part two. Okay, cool. And then so the, the final phase, like the thing is built and the final phase is just getting that cartridge. Yeah, that should be here pretty soon, yeah, yeah. So that's coming from overseas and I'm going to 
paint the actual cartridge and make it tie into the rest of the Game Boy so it doesn't, so it kind of looks sleek. Mm-hmm. So it should look pretty cool, yeah. Because I saw Tim did a little video to uh, promote the whole thing, which is funny, so. Yeah, no, he's cool, dude. He's been good to work with, actually. Quite a funny guy. Yeah, no, that's cool, man. Yeah, I forgot to talk about it when we were, um, when I did the show with The Midnight a few weeks ago, I forgot to mention it because we were on, like, sort of a time thing, and then it was at the end, I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot to bring up the fucking, uh, the Game Boy thing that was getting made because I knew it was on the, but whatever, it's all good. You caught up with them at the show, eh, in Toronto? Yeah. That would have been awesome. I think I'm flying over to Berlin with uh, Maisie Cat to go see him when they, when they come over there. Well, that'd be cool. Capture some video, man. I can't wait. Yeah, so what's on tap then? What's the next uh, project after the uh, the Midnight Game Boy? I can't tell you, but it'll be a nice little teaser in the um, Game Boy Part 2, which will have something more to do with the Midnight. It's something else. And then I'm doing a job with uh, Time Cop 1983. He wants one of those, um, like the Raspberry Pi Game Boys that you were looking at. So he's going to get me to do one of them for him. Ooh. Make it all cool. I know you're interested in those sort of things because you were you were looking at doing it before, but you ended up doing the PlayStation Portable, I think. Yeah, that's why I ended up doing, yeah, the, the PSP. Yeah. But yeah, no, it definitely sounds awesome. So what should, uh, so people should go to, uh, Retro Revolutions on YouTube or Retro Faith Games on Twitter or Instagram yeah. at underscore what is it? I, I haven't said it in a while. Retro underscore Revolutions retro. On, uh, <laughs> on Instagram. I wish I unified them all, but I didn't realize it and start getting popular. So now I'm like, ah. Oh, no, you know what? Really I made the I made the same problem because I did like a six hour live stream a few weeks ago. I got a cue card and I put all my links on it so I could say them out loud. And that's when I realized that I don't think any of mine are consistent. Yeah. Like one of them's like beyond dot synth dot podcast. One of them's beyond underscore synth. One of them's beyond hyphen synth. One of them's just beyond synth one word like they're all different yeah all of my social media links was beyond synth taken for anything no had i if i went back in time but now it's too late because like the links have been like copy and pasted over like a hundred and yeah you know like all these links all over the place and once you change it then Mm. there's going to be like a dead link on like 200 sites (laughs) you know that's the problem (laughs) yeah so that's anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But look, man, we got to go. All right, buddy. But you have a you have a lovely week, and then we'll uh, we'll catch up with you next time. Thank you, man. Cheers. All right, see you, dude. All right, and that was Jared from Retro Revolutions, and that segment was brought to you by my lovely $25 Pattersons. There's Gregorio Franco, Lucas Ceballos, and Mike Shima. And I should point out, last week, Lucas, because uh, people who donate $25 a month, they can request a track. He's the only one who seems to do it, but he also had a shout-out that I forgot to read, but it was for me, so now I feel weird saying it. But he said, my shout-out for the month is for you. Andy, thanks for all the hard work you do to put on a kick-ass show. So that was from Lucas. So thanks, Lucas. You are a cool guy. And now I think we should listen to another track. So here's one from a band called Eleventy Seven. I heard this song a while ago. This is not necessarily indicative of their actual style, but you know, sometimes uh, bands will have a certain style, but they'll have one, one or two tracks that are sort of up my alley or more synth-based stuff. And so I dug this one this is inside out by 117 
And that was 117 with the track Inside Out. And that's a cool song. And that was brought to you by my lovely Patreon supporters on the $15 Club. It's Hampus ML and Ken Giroux. And with the $14.95, it's Jatterack. And I'm here with Marco. Marco's still here. I've got a cool story for you. A shitty story, actually. A shitty, well, it turned out good in the end, but if you want to hear it... If you want to hear it, press one. Yeah, if you want to hear it, press one. Beep. And if you don't want to hear it, just delete my whole fuck, everything I say. All right, so tell me your story. <laughs> well, we, we drove up the road on uh, the Thanksgiving Eve, I guess you could say. At about 8 p.m., we drove up the road to get some cell phone reception. There's a few things we want to do on the phone because we don't have it at a house. So we drove up the road. It's a, it's an old dirt road, right? It's not even a proper bitumen or, or asphalt road or whatever you call it, right? It's, it's not even a proper road. So we drive up there, really bad conditions, a lot of snow and everything. We try to do a U-turn and we went into uh, like somebody's farm driveway and we ended up getting stuck. We couldn't get, it was like a hill. I'm just an idiot for even going down there, right? Um, being from Australia, I'm not used to this. So we went down there, I couldn't get back up. So then I thought, I had this stupid idea that I might drive right down, like we're talking like half a mile down to maybe try to do a U-turn. But we ended up getting stuck in a ditch. So uh, it was really bad. We had to walk home, which was like a mile, and it was zero degrees Fahrenheit, with which is about minus 17 Celsius mm. for anybody, well, everybody other than Americans. Yeah. Um, and, <laughs> and, uh, and we had wind chill. It was snowing. It was pitch black. It was kind of creepy and scary. I'm just glad we were safe and we got home. Two tow truck guys came out. Couldn't help us. They said it was too far off the main road. They were scared of getting stuck, even though they wouldn't, but it just Anyway, it was, it was a bit of a nightmare. We went out the next morning. Really cold weather. I mean, Thanksgiving was freezing here, right? And we went out in the morning. Jazzy's dad helped us, and we managed to dig it out. I mean, it's just crazy. I, I, being Australian, I'm not used to these conditions, right? So where we got stuck in the ditch, the mud was around the wheels, right, on the on the right-hand side. The mud had frozen until it was like a rock. Right. We had to chisel that shit away. I mean, like, I'm, I, I brought my shovel. I'm like, I didn't even bring a hammer and chisel. I, I didn't even think like you'd need to. So anyway, we managed to get the wheels free and he towed us out and we got out so we managed to get home by lunchtime for Thanksgiving and uh, it w- I was very thankful that we got it out because it was bloody scary shit man so um, there's a crazy story and something I'm definitely going to learn from you know just don't pull in a random dirt driveways you know especially in winter you just got to be real careful even with a four wheel drive you got to be careful so yeah I love how uh, we talk about this every week of how you you know now that you're living in the states and you're going to experience this uh, winter life and stuff like this and I love how it only took what a few weeks before <laughs> you experienced getting your car yeah. stuck in a ditch I mean like Fuck. at least you got it over with now in Australia you don't have to worry about you don't have to worry about having a coat and a hat and gloves and a, like you just gotta be prepared that's all you know like thankfully we had win- I had my winter coat on because I've driven up there before when we ran out of internet when we didn't have internet at home and I've driven up the road the same place in, in uh, when it hasn't been snow the conditions weren't bad and I've just been in my underwear in the car you know because I'm like I gotta be fucked putting clothes on like you know what I mean so <laughs> so I'm saying you gotta be prepared story of Marco's life yeah it's true though it's true <laughs> I'm really thankful um, that you know I had a hat and the gloves because otherwise man that could I could have been fucking been in real trouble there you know what I mean mm. so that's the moral of the story is just be really careful be prepared well that's a good lesson from Marco when you're in the snow wear clothes 
And don't drive down shitty fucking roads, you know, dirt roads in, in the winter either, because you're going to get fucking stuck. Yeah. No, that's a good, uh, some wonderful advice. And uh, Yeah, that's it. But at least, hey, look, the, the bottom line is at least you actually had this experience early on so that... Uh, yeah, and everything worked out well. I mean, like, we could have been stuck there for weeks. I mean, who knows what could have happened, you know? Well, it would be a pretty sad state of affairs if it took you weeks to walk a mile. Well, no, no, weeks to get the car out. I mean, yeah, oh, <laughs> weeks to walk a mile. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that would have been good, yeah. Um, or we could have been further from home is the other thing. We could have been 10 miles from home. I mean, you just, you know. I like to drive around a lot and travel and visit all the Synthwave people. So, um, you know, we could have been in the middle of nowhere. So, yeah. Yeah. Very thankful, Andy. Thanksgiving, all you American friends. Uh, have a happy Thanksgiving. I have people wishing me a Thanksgiving right now, and I keep on telling them, like, yeah, I already had mine, man. It was a month ago. Why is it on a different date? I mean, that's well, it's weird, a different, right? it's like, a different thing. We're we are celebrating a different thing, but we are all doing it the same way. Eating turkey. You know, in Australia, we celebrate the Queen's birthday, right? Uh, it's a public holiday, okay? But they're all on different days in every state. How the fuck does that work? <laughs> it's, it's, it should be on her birthday. Like, it's every state is allowed to have it whatever day they want. So every state, it's different. Get your act together, Australia. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Queen's birthday. How is that a public? It's so bizarre. Anyway, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> well, how about this? Let's uh, listen to another track here. I'm going to play a song by Social Station and this song is called Try and this is the Red This Ever remix. Alright, there's a lot of words but it's a cool song so let's check it out.
right, and that was Social Station with the track Try the Red This Ever Remix. And uh, yeah, that's a cool song. I'm back here with Marco. Of course, that was brought to you by my lovely Patreon supporters. Pattern Shift with the 1337 and Atom Force, who has upgraded his support. So thanks, buddy. You are a cool guy. And of course, we will never forget the immortal Chris Lane. And I should probably, um, let's just do a Patreon update here because I have a bunch of new patrons. And I want to thank them from the bottom of my heart. So I want to acknowledge, well, I guess we just did Adam Force. He upgraded his support. There's his lovely song. And a new donor with the one, two, three. It's Brad Neiman. Thanks, Brad Neiman, for your support. Uh, you're cool. And of course, Johnny Five, we mentioned earlier, he upgraded his support. We've got a new Donation of the Beast by Artificial. Uh, that's the triple six. And uh, we got a new pledge from uh, Leith... I don't know how you say this. Lethalix or Lethalix. L-E-T-H-A-L-I-X. Mm. Lethalix or Lethalix. You let me know, man. Let me know how it is. I want to say Lethalix because Lethalix... I like Lethalix better. <laughs> I don't know. Um, anyway, that's with the 269 and a new $25 donor, Tim Carlton. We mentioned you before. <laughs> Thanks. And new donor with the triple four, it's Jimmy Groon. I think that's how you say your name. G-R-U-E-N. Groon. Thank you very much for supporting Beyond Synth. All of you, you're all awesome. Those are my new uh, donors this week. And uh, you people are the best. Know what I mean? Kick me in the peen. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was good, actually. <laughs> what the fuck? I don't know. <laughs> in the peen. <laughs> did you uh, did you eat the turkey, dude? I this is the thing I love about America. Thanksgiving. I love Thanksgiving. We don't have Thanksgiving. We have nothing like it. So all we have is Christmas. Mm. Christmas is where everybody gets together. Family has a big meal. You guys got two two times you do that. You know, really like uh, two holidays for it. And uh, the thing is, the turkeys here are fucking massive. Like turkey isn't huge in Australia. You can get turkeys. The turkeys here are like two three times the size. I don't know what the hell you guys inject them with, but they're fucking massive and they're so tasty. Like we've got so much leftovers like we literally got leftovers for like four or five days I, I mean uh, Jazzy's mum made the best food like so much stuff ham turkey casserole just all sorts of shit mashed potato I love mashed potatoes mm. but can never be bothered making them they're just a lot of work you know so um, <laughs> it's, it's, you know what I mean like I just hate it I'll just do roast potatoes or I'll do fries but I will not like you gotta peel it you gotta slow cook you gotta mash it you know anyway it's um, yeah. boil them mash them stick them in a stew <laughs> So really fucking good, yeah. It was. Uh, I love the turkey here, man. I love the food here. If you can't already tell, yeah. No, it's good to eat. What? Fuck me. Good to eat. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like turkey? 
Yeah. Is that a tradition you guys have? Do you eat turkey? Yeah, yeah, no, we, we, we eat turkey. I've only made one once. I made a turkey, I feel like four or five years ago, and it was fine. Mm. Uh, most of the time, everyone else is making it, and I uh, I enjoy it. I'm not a big fan of stuffing. Yeah, we did do some stuffing, and I actually enjoyed it this time, but I'm not a huge fan either, I have to admit. I just like, I, I like the main things. I like the meat, I like the potatoes, Yeah, the two veg, uh, it's all good. <laughs> You like mashed potatoes? All right, I'm going to shut up. (laughs) (laughs) How about this, man? Um, We are going to have to go uh, to my conversation with Michael Oakley. So do you have another song you want to play? Yes, yes. I haven't had the go-ahead from him yet, but I know it's going to be fine. Well, I hope Uh, it is. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I've got an exclusive track here to play from an up-and-coming awesome album, uh, which will be released on November the 30th, and that is by Electric Dragon called Dark Water. Uh, We've got a super exclusive here. It's available for pre-order already at electricdragonuk.bandcamp.com if you like your stuff a little bit darker you're gonna love this uh the track we're gonna play off it is called black knight all right well this is black knight by electric dragon
was Electric Dragon with the track Black Knight, Marco's third pick of the week. And uh, we'll be going to my conversation with Michael Oakley in just a second. Speaking of this, uh, you know, this dark electronic music, I um. Oh, do you hear that? Yes. What? What? Yeah, it's. <gasps> what on yours or mine? There's a blood moon rising. <laughs> It's the fucking blood moon, man. It's time for the donation of the beast. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> this is the donation of the All right, everybody, this is uh, the donation of the beast. These are all the people who donate $6.66. Compelled by the fires of hell to support this show in the most evil way possible. The donation of the beast. So I'd like to thank Artificial, R. Valentine, Philip Back, Peninaro, Luke BTD, Love Machines from Ix. Alexandro Samaras, Zeon B, Tomas Shimanek, Street Cleaner, Rob Dyson, Renton Brax, Till Wild, Orlando Rodriguez Naif, Straylight, Carm, and Ross Pentland. You are all the most evil donators. If that is a word, donator. <laughs> uh, thank you very much for supporting Beyond Synth the most evil way possible. And uh, you guys are all great. And we'll round it out with Polar Wildcat Studios with the 617 just because. Uh, thank you for supporting the show. And that... I think that's it, man. We're going to go and chat with Michael Oakley now, or at least I am. All right. I'm excited. Yes, finally. God damn it. (laughs) I do have a note because I'm not going to edit this into this show. Uh, Partway through the conversation, we start talking about Goldeneye, the game. Yes. Uh, Big surprise. And (laughs) he mentions the map, which everyone calls Aztec. So there is like some bonus levels and there's one called Aztec, Mm -hmm. but it actually takes place in a temple called uh, Teotihuacan, which is, that's a place in Mexico. Anyway, but no one ever says that word out loud. You know, Michael was listening to the interview because I, I send people the rough cut of the interview and he's like, you got to make sure to, to say what we're talking about. I'm like, no one has ever said that word out loud before. They, everyone just refers <laughs> to that level as Aztec. Yeah. Because it says, like, it would be like Aztec and then underneath uh, Teotihuacan which is like some temples in... Mm-hmm. I don't know where the fuck it is. It's in Mexico somewhere. Yes. It's one of those like lost cities of whatever people... You know, people like those things. What am I talking about? Look, it's time to chat with Michael Oakley. <laughs> where were you going with that? I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you're trying to say. I don't remember what you're trying to say. I'm trying to say that there's some old temples and this fucking GoldenEye level is based on that. We talk about it, but, uh, we, but we, can't, we can't find the word. Uh. <laughs> but I'm saying it's not important... <laughs> Because no one ever said the word in the first place. Like, everyone uh, everyone just calls that level Aztec. But it's literally called Temple, though, isn't it? The level. There's a level called Temple. Yes. Um, and then there's a multiplayer map called Aztec, which is uh, based on the single player. Actually, no, there's two. There's Aztec and... But it's like a smaller version or a special version. Yeah, I got it. I got it now. That's right. I remember. You couldn't even play it with four people. It was like a map that only let you play two player. Ah, uh, that's right. But, you know, when you played the single player map... 
people called it Aztec. Like, no one was ever like, you like that stage? Oh, which one? Fucking Teotihuacan? Like, yeah, yeah, that's my favorite stage. Like, no one ever said that in the world. In fact, it's only today that I learned how to pronounce it just to say this. Well, I hear you guys talking about it soon then. All right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I love it when we like rehash something that's already coming up and it's like we just talk about it all again. So for all you nerds out there, Teotihuacan, the big <laughs> temple in Mexico, which was also a level in GoldenEye. So during the conversation with Michael Oakley, when you hear it, you will know what we're talking about. You know what? Yeah. And we've been talking for so long about this stupid thing that I'm going to play another song. Here's a track by uh, Damien Rougier. He's a cool guy. He makes uh, synth music. He's French. He's actually got a cool video for this track. It's called No Plan. I Christ, he probably sent this to me last year now that i think about it but it's uh <laughs> it sounds about right but it's a it's it's a good song and it's got a cool video it's uh it, i liked it and uh yeah this is damien rougier with no plan
And that was No Plan by Damien Rougier. That's a cool track. Go check him out. He makes fun, kind of like cheesy, happy uh, synth pop music. And I dig it, so you should go listen to it. And now, now we will go and chat with Michael Oakley. All right. <laughs> Scarface game on the PlayStation 2. Have you ever played that game? Uh, yes. Did you know that, you know, Ricky Gervais, he voices one of the pedestrian people that you do a mission for. He voices one of them. I played it on the Wii, so that was, you You had to aim with the Wii remote. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I actually really enjoyed it. I mean, I think, I don't know how it has aged in comparison to the other sort of GTA clones, but I remember it was fun, like, and, and the dude doing... Scarface's voice like did a pretty good job he was approved by Al Pacino Al Pacino refused the role because he said that he thought his voice had changed too much since the, the movie to be recognisable as, as Tony Montana at, yeah. at that time if, if it was a continuation of the story of what if he didn't die but I think it's great I, I actually I would go as far as to say I think that game is just as good as Vice City because I played it last year and I had never played it before and it's incredible it's, it's really really good do you just have like a PS2 yeah Okay. Yeah, because I I don't anymore, and I think I was looking for like an emulator that would play it. I got the Wii version because there's a. I should say here, I'm here in studio <laughs> with Michael Oakley. We're talking about Scarface, the video game. No, like I really enjoyed because I love like Scarface. I love Scarface so much, and so I loved the stupid attention to detail in the game. You meet the Diaz brothers and all these, mm-hmm. you know, the, all the names you hear like in the movie. That thing about the voice acting—it's so true. Because I'm a, a Doctor Who fan, and there's a lot of old Doctor Who episodes that are missing, and so now they're trying to fill in the gaps by getting like some of the actors who are still around and they make little cartoons that sort of like mm-hmm. they take the old scripts and they come back and play their characters but some of them sound so different because they're like old now and they have like old person voice yeah it's the same way i feel about optimus prime as well it's like everyone makes a you know like with the movies and like oh peter cullen's still doing the voice of optimus prime i'm like yeah but he sounds nothing <laughs> like optimus prime like the optimus prime i know from the cartoons Peter Cullen does not sound like that anymore. Like, he just sounds like an old man. No. It's the same with the guy that voices uh, Batman, the animated season. Mm-hmm. What's his name again? Kevin Conroy. Kevin Conroy. It's, it's like their voices just sort of deepen. Mm-hmm. I mean, his voice was already deep for when he started that role, but now it's like, yes, I'm it. And sometimes there's something weird about when people don't play the role exactly, like, because I know he still will come back and do... Batman voices, Kevin Conroy for some of these straight-to-video Batman movies. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes there's ones I've seen where I'm like, is that even him? It's like he's not even... Like, he doesn't care, or, like, he's not giving the same sort of performance that he did, like, during the animated series. It's the money. Yeah. I've never heard of him in anything else. That's true. There was this one that was a straight-to-video Batman animated thing, but it was, like, all anime, and it was, like, no, it wasn't all anime. It was it was divided up into, like, five or six stories that were all different styles of animation. Yeah, I've seen that one. It was, like, a... It's, like, a... A take on, like, remember the, there was the Animatrix? Yes. It's like that. And yeah. then there's different directors doing different episodes. What was that one called again? Uh, it's not Bad Blood. It was... I, I can see it right now. It came out round about the same time as Year One animated yeah, one came and out. Yeah, I remember, like, when it came out, I thought the idea seems really cool, but 
when I watched it, I was like, I didn't like it really. Like, no. it, but the idea was cool. Like, I was like, oh, this would be neat. Like, different sort of interpretations of Batman. And Kevin Conroy was a Batman voice in one of them, and like, he wasn't even. It was weird. It was like he was just talking, like it was just himself. Like they just recorded the voice in like his kitchen or something. He's pecking up a paycheck. Yeah, <laughs> it was weird. That one. Uh, the one that is good is Dark Knight Returns, the animated version of Dark Knight Returns. It's Peter Weller. Yeah, that's the only one of the straight-to-videos that I've watched where I'm like, you know what, this one's actually pretty cool. Mm-hmm. A lot of the times I find them, I mean, this is not fair to say, because I, I know they don't have huge budgets, but they're just kind of cheap, and mm. and they're not always directed that well. Like, they have these endings that, that aren't like, they just sort of like fizzle out, and then just like cuts to credits, and it's just like, really, they couldn't have just played some cool music and then cut to black? Like, they, like there's a lot of things like that and I this one was the one where I watched where I was like hey this is actually directed pretty well they've kind of ruined the killing joke one that didn't really come off so well yeah I didn't even want to after I read all the reviews I was like meh because they bastardize the storylines they they sort of take it and they deviate from the script in the comic books they even did that a little bit with uh, Dark Knight as well but Mask of the Phantasm that's the best one well that's why I mean not to spoil anything but you and I are recording this on Remembrance Day on Sunday at my mm. uh, studio. So that means that the animated series Blu-ray is not in my possession yet. It will be at the end of the month because I think it comes out November 27th. And I think, if I'm correct, that it also has Mask of the Phantasm on it. So it's got the, the three seasons and the animated movies. So that's cool because that'll be the first time that movie was on Blu-ray, I think. It's a fantastic movie, that. It's the best one out of the lot. Yeah, no, it's pretty good. I love the animated series, so I look forward to fucking. I look forward to watching it. Do you want to talk about music briefly? Sure. Okay. <laughs> I, I guess that's why we're here. Because I like to play a song every every so many minutes, but I want to listen to some Michael Oakley tracks. Okay. Well, should I start with my personal favorite? Is that a weird thing to do? That's a good place to start. All right, man. Well, this is a song I dig. It's called uh, "Rabbit in the Headlights" by Michael Oakley. If I 
And that was Rabbit in the Headlights by Michael Oakley. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. No, I, I really like that song. Thank you. It was fun uh, judging when you did the remix contest. We had to listen to like 30 songs. Oh, that was insane. Yes, right. That song was the, the one that started everything for me. I mean, it literally changed my life, that song. I mean, that, that song, I had no idea the impact it was going to have. And even to this day, when I first started uh, writing that that came off the back of a, a really horrible breakup that I went through with somebody and and, and what was his name? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Tony. <Yeah. laughs> and uh, I was left in a position I think when what happens is when you separate from somebody I was living with that person so I, I had to move back to my father's house for a while and you're sort of left in a place of um, what do I do with myself because it's it's not just about the separation of being away from that person you're left with oh I'm making every decision for myself again now it's like who am I again Is what do I do and you sort of find your feet so for me I just felt like I had this unfinished business of writing I, I, I felt like oh you know I, I always put this off I, I would like to start writing again and I feel like I've got a lot to talk about so when I started writing songs again it was it was a sort of cathartic 
almost a, a therapy type of thing for me and it helped make me feel better I had no intention of um, sending it to anyone or even really letting anyone hear it and it was just after a few of my friends said oh it's really really good you should send that off to a few places and I was like oh, I don't know it's, I've only got one song and that's the truth when I when I sent that song to New Retrowave that was the only song I had written up to that point and, and <laughs> I didn't have any other songs so when, when that song got put up and I got that reaction I was like oh shit I mean I don't have anything else it's time it's, you know it's time to get back in and really really take this seriously and, and write again so yeah that was the start of it Were you doing music before? I was working as a musician full time I was playing at weddings like singing covers and stuff like that so mm. Adam Sadler like the wedding singer I was basically you know a musician for hire at weekends I would play in piano bars and restaurants but it had been years since I had written my own my own music I used to be in a band before we had taken it very seriously and, and had tried very hard to take it somewhere but it just we just weren't that good and I got quite disillusioned with the what kind of music was it it was somewhere between like Coldplay, The Killers. It had a sort of kind of indie retro pop kind of feel to it. A little bit like that. Were you the singer? Yeah, I was the singer. I wrote the songs and did all the synthesizers and stuff. And I had a guitarist in the band, a bass player, a drummer. And it was just one of those kind of projects where I don't really think any of us had any real direction of where, where the thing was going. With the music I'm doing now, I've got a very, very clear direction for it, but before it was kind of like, you know, I felt like I was almost having to try and fit in with different things to sort of be accepted, because we were sending our stuff to record companies and, and we had a manager as well at the time, and, and it just, it felt a bit like that expression where a horse becomes a camel by committee, you know, you have this thing and then so many people get their hands on it, and by the time you get it back it's not the thing that you initially intended it to be and mm. it, it becomes something else so I, I get quite disillusioned with that so how old were you during all this time like what was your first band uh, my first band was before I went to university so and this, this is in Scotland yeah this is in Scotland so this would have been around about 2004 2005 and um, it's funny because the, the music is on Spotify but I'm not going to reveal where it is because it's <laughs> fucking terrible <laughs> Is it funny? It's just more, it just sounds like scrappy demos. It's It does not sound like, for me anyway, like finished songs. But whatever you're trying to do, you, you don't just one day wake up and like, oh, I'm, am I'm really good at this, I'm amazing at this. You, you go through various steps. It's like when you see somebody that's like an actor or a musician and they're doing really well and they're very good at what they do and their craft, you don't see the scaffolding. You don't see the road along the way where they developed and I guess you know paid their dues and made all the mistakes that was my making the mistakes kind of period I guess but I didn't write for four five years it was only after that breakup that I started to have an interest to write again I think I had wanted to write music but I just I had come up with a few scrappy demos and I just didn't really feel like I had any direction I love 80s music that's something that I grew up with this whole retro community thing is still relatively new to me but I hadn't really heard of it that at that point it's only now that you it's like ah oh, it's okay to do that kind of throwback retro sound that I love because people love and embrace it but flashback 10 years to when I was with the band I had to walk a very fine line with that because people were only too quick to say oh man that's, that sounds really throwback that's really retro and retro wasn't a cool word that was a, a kind of like 
Oh, okay, right. We have, yeah. to, <laughs> we have to dial it back a bit to keep it a bit modern and a bit more fresh. So, to be clear, you are going to tell me in secret the name of this band, correct? I'll tell you in secret. All right. I'll tell you in secret. <laughs> uh, well, well, one interesting thing, though, is, is I did rework one of the old songs from the, from the band on my upcoming new album, which is coming out next year. Okay. So I, I did, I have kept one of the songs. I, I changed it about a bit, gave it a complete facelift because I always really liked the song. Um, I, I'll do like a few of the songs that I recorded before, but I just, that's the only one that I felt was good enough that I had a real, I still have an emotional connection with that I wanted to take with me. So there is one song. I'll probably, if I, if I do like a special edition of the album, I'll probably include the band version of that song on the special edition. Yeah, as a, as a sort of demo thing. But then you'll have to give those idiots uh, some royalties. No, no, I wrote, I wrote it, so it's it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say talk about life in Scotland, but mm. I think maybe we should listen to a track. So since we're talking about all these things that happened a while mm. ago, maybe we should listen to Turn Back Time. This is my segue to your track. I like it. So let's give this a listen. This is Turn Back Time by Michael Oakley.
And that was Turn Back Time by Michael Oakley. And I'm here in studio right now with Michael Oakley. He's taking time out of his busy schedule to uh, come to the Beyond Synth studio. Hello. <laughs> so you are a Scotsman. I am indeed, yeah. From Glasgow, Scotland. But you are now a... Are you a Canadian or are you a like a half-breed? No, no. I, I, <laughs> yeah, that's not the question. Uh, okay, no. What's uh, what's the deal? Explain the deal. So if people are going like they listen to your music hmm. and they've never heard you speak before, they're going to be like, "Whoa, he sounds like this! What the fuck!" And then they're going to like <laughs> throw their tables and flip them, and all the shit's going to fall over the place. Yeah, I, 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 quite a few people have said to me, "You don't sound Scottish," and you, you know when you sing, I always say the same thing. You know, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> that's in my head, but the other part is. I don't know, I, I guess I maybe just feel a bit like, see if I ever listen to music and it's a Scottish person singing, or I watch television or a movie and there's Scottish actors in it, there's a part of me that kind of like winces when I hear the accent because mm-hmm. it, it breaks the fourth wall of that whole illusion of another world. I mean, we, I like entertainment because it takes me away from reality. Mm-hmm. So I guess there's maybe a part of it where I guess I subconsciously do that without realising I don't know it's a kind of weird thing but I think I somehow gentrify my accent just for the singing but I've always sung like that it's not something that I just adopted I've, I've always sang that way maybe it's through listening to too many I don't know American and Canadian musicians singing and mainstream yeah I do the I see I do the opposite because I hear because uh, when I grew up I was always listening to Depeche Mode so when mm. I when I sing I automatically do like a fake Depeche Mode voice like that's the thing that comes out of me do you ever consciously go like when you're singing and you realize that a certain sound came out and it's like oh that was a little Scottish or whatever let's turn that back there's only one track on the album where I do do it at one point and uh the kilt song <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> because one of my friends James actually he was the one that said oh you you, you don't sound Scottish in your songs but at that point you do you, the way you sang that line and, mm. I, and I was like you know what actually you're right I forget which one it is that I do it in I think it's in Devotion maybe I'll find out later <laughs> we'll pull the audience yeah but uh, Turn Back Time that was the second song that I released I think after I released Rabbit in the Headlights, I went through this kind of period of sort of freaking out because I thought, oh my God, how am I going to follow this up? Because mm-hmm. I had never had, you know, what I guess you would call a success or, or a, a, a reaction like that. So I was under a lot of pressure and round about that time, it was coming up for the year mark after I had separated from that previous relationship. And, and I was in a period of sort of reflecting, you know, yeah. I, I think I probably didn't really think I was going to get through that year. You know, it was just like, oh, you know, you go through a sort of period of feeling depressed for a while immobilizing I guess and then at that time as well I had met a girl that I used to go to high school with and we hit it off and that's primarily what most of the story's about it's about meeting this girl that I used to go to high school with we went out a couple of times but you know it was kind of strange because we had went to high school together I wasn't sure if it was like, oh, is this a date? Right, right. Because it wasn't like, you know, when you meet someone, you don't know them, and you kind of hit it off, and you're like, she's not going to say yes if this isn't a date. Mm -hmm. You know, it's that'd just be weird. So we went out a couple of times, and I think one of her friends had eventually told me she didn't think you were interested in her because you didn't really do anything about it when we went out, and... 
and she started seeing someone else so that's kind of primarily what the, the, the song is mostly about it's about meeting somebody they liked you and you liked them but it just it just became this ridiculous situation where it could have worked out and she should have been mine at that time we should have hit it off but it brought about everything that had happened in the past year it was just a period of reflection and in that situation you know whenever you, you know you're with a lady and you just want to like let her know mm. you, you reach out and you squeeze her boobs and make a honking sound <laughs> <laughs> you know you're like yeah exactly that's what you do women love it uh especially in this current climate uh it's the most appropriate thing i think uh, a man can do to a lady that being said, now that we were talking before the show that they took the Kevin Spacey's uh, masterclass off the internet, so now these precious lessons are going to be gone. Although, mind you, I don't think he was too into squeezing ladies' boobs. I think he was both. <laughs> was, he not, was he not just both? Anything with sexual function, he was just he was just in there. Well, I mean, he did say, right? Like, that was his parting line. Was like, hey, I did a whole bunch of bad stuff, and now I'm going to live my life as a gay man, <laughs> which is my yeah. favorite. That's my favorite sign-off line. Like, I want to use that for everything. Anytime you get into any sort of trouble, just be like, and now I'm going to live my life as a gay man. And like, <laughs> like, even when it's not even relevant, like it's such an awesome thing to say. Yeah, <laughs> like, this will get me out of trouble. <laughs> it was just so bizarre. I mean, I, surely you would think that you would have like a, a PR person working for you that would say, "Don't fucking say that, don't you idiot." Say anything. <laughs> like, because he's I don't think has he ever been he's not been convicted or taken to court so this is still all trial by media but it comes to a certain point where so many people come out it's a bit like the Bill Cosby thing yeah I mean I'll be the first to admit when the Kevin Spacey thing came out you know you're like well you know take it with a pinch of salt but then after a few days four or five people separate people that are not related in any way come out and then the cast of the House of Cards show there's various people that worked in that show that said yeah he was inappropriate with me too you come to a point where like there's got to be some truth well, in you this. know you know sometimes i i hate to say this you know when there's certain people where the second you hear something and you're kind of like yeah that's probably true you know like some people just uh -huh. give off like a weird vibe and like kevin spacey has always given off that a weird, weird vibe. vibe you know so when you find it like if someone's like hey he's a bit of a perv like yeah, it makes sense. I mean, like, technically speaking, like, all dudes are pervs, but, I mean, there's different ways of manifesting that perviness. See, what I do is I'll reach out and grab a lady's boobs with my hands and go, like, honk, like this. And <laughs> then, Yeah, exactly. And I put on a pair of, like, googly-eyed glasses. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I was like, ahooga! And then I fucking, like, just run That away. diminishes the blame and responsibility if you yeah. wear the glasses. Yeah, I think so. I think the key is as long as you have the glasses on, it's sort of, uh, it, it tells the world, you know, your your actual intention. And you're smiling right? when you do it. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, because I put on a fake smile thing, too. Yeah. So I've got, like, a like a fake mouth and, mm -hmm. a, and a fake uh, eyes. You press a button on the side of the glasses and the eyes fucking pop off on little, like, slinkies. Mm. <laughs> It's funny though, there's certain people though that you would... It wasn't very funny. Like when it comes out, if allegations came out, for instance, about like maybe Clint Eastwood, you'd be like, no way, not Clint. But if it came out about James Spader, you'd be like, hmm, he always plays weird roles. Well, I could see Clint Eastwood being uh, like, he's an old fashioned dude. So maybe like he didn't do inappropriate stuff, but, he was, but he'd probably like, you know, if a lady was in the office, he'd be like... Hey, get my coffee, and it turns out that she's actually, like, one of the executives or something. Like, I could see Clint Eastwood doing something like that, where, like, he assumes the lady is, like, the secretary or something when she's not. But I couldn't see him being, like, a sex pervert. No, I could see him being more of that kind of, like, uh, desperate-to-keep-gun laws kind of guy. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You just get certain, you can sort of see people's vices. Yeah, that's my big thing, is I'm huge on 
the First Amendment in the United States. That's the thing I'm always campaigning for because, like, I just like to shoot guns. I'm a gun mm. nut, is what they call. Is that what they call them? Gun nuts. Gun toting. Gun toting. Gun nut. I've never fired a gun in my life. Neither have I. Unless you include a Super Soaker 500. Oh, that's true. I've I've shot a, f- a fair bit of dart guns. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I can tell, too, when I play video games with people who like guns and they get very interested in, like, the specs of the weapons, like when we're playing video games, and like, oh, yeah, this is a cool gun and stuff. And for me, I'm like, does it look cool and does it make a cool sound? So when I go back and play Goldeneye, like, I love... Uh, like, first of all, that's like... <laughs> that's a, amazing. That's the silencer sound you need. When I play stupid Call of Duty games and they do, like, the realistic silencer sound, so it's like... And you're like, fuck this. Yeah. Like, it's... Silencers are supposed to sound like laser guns. Like, that's what I love. I love the laser gun sound in Goldeneye and the... Uh, what's the name of that level? With the, the Moonraker? The one where you unlock the level. Yeah, Moon... It's a... It's, a, it's got a, a weird name. Oh, fuck me. Aztec. TX. It's like... It's got oh, oh, oh. Uh, uh, it's... Uh, it's ah, Christ. We need to, we need to have Google here. I wish I owned Goldeneye. It's like I haven't played it in so long. It's like Tetrakahedon or something. It's got a weird, it's got yeah, some yeah, weird it's, name. It's, it's like T apostrophe. Yeah, like yeah, because it's the name of the temple. That it's it in, takes is place it in Mexico. Yeah, what the f- oh man? Because I always called it just there's a level that's just the temple and then Aztec. Those are the multiplayer maps that are based on that level. Hey, look, let's listen to a song. <laughs> You know, if I start talking about Goldeneye, I fucking won't ever stop. Well, the album's called California, so how about we listen to the titular California track featuring missing words? Mmm, indeed. All right, we're going to do that right now, man. This is California by Michael Oakley featuring missing words.
And that was California by Michael Oakley featuring Missing Words. And I'm here in studio right now with Mr. Michael Oakley, straight from Scotland. Kind of. <laughs> An hour away. Yeah. <laughs> California, I wrote that while I was over there. That was another one of those kind of experiences that, that came about. I get the opportunity to go over there and stay with James, who is Missing Words. And while I was over there, I don't, we hadn't really intended on, on doing anything like that, but... It was just kind of one of those funny nights because he'd invited a few friends over, having a few beers, and I started playing this, um, like the opening riff that you hear on the track. I started playing that on the synthesizer, and then James jumped in. He's like, oh, that's really good, let's record that. And we, we literally started building this track while these guys were like standing behind us, and it was mm. just like, we actually just want to work on this now. Any chance you could just sort of like go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we spent the entire night building that track, and the next day James went to work, and I, I wrote the words for it, and we pretty much got it finished within a few days. Um, and the song is about, you know, being away. You know, you can go on holiday yourself to places, and you can see all these wonderful things and experience all these like landmarks and famous places but it kind of doesn't have as big a meaning if you're not sharing that with somebody there the what you know the person that you love if they're not there with you mm. to share that with you it's kind of a bit like that you know you see all these things but they don't feel the same because so do all your songs come from experience yeah they're all true stories so like now that you're living in canada like are we gonna get like a tim hortons ballad or something <laughs> well, the new songs that I've been writing have been very much a reflection. I mean, I'm, I'm somebody that's lived in the same place all my life, and I've never been in a situation before where I've essentially left and, and emigrated somewhere else. And so for me, stepping outside of that bubble and you know looking in on that kind of perspective, I'm able to almost take a different view of everything. So all of the songs are about the other side of that period of time when I was writing California because California is all love songs different types of love songs you know lost love a love that I had found but was apprehensive of and a love that's that's died but you know you're still hanging on to it they're all love songs whereas with the new album it's a way different subject matter I would say it's it's, it's a, a lot to do with holding on to your past running away from your past and bereavements as well it's, it's kind of about my life and trying to get away from living in Scotland because I, I had became fed up with living there and it's beautiful being a tourist coming over and visiting it you've got so many wonderful places and the people that live there my, my fellow Scots they're wonderful you'll never find a more sarcastic witty humour than Scots humour it's mm. great and they're so inviting and endearing and welcoming but when you live there it can be quite a negative place you know the attitude can be follow your dreams but don't put all your eggs in one basket Mm -hmm. And so there's a dichotomy there. There's a go and chase after what you want, but you know it might it might not work out. So you better not get too attached to that. And mm -hmm. it's, it creates this kind of insecurity of like I want to do this. This is all I want to do, but uh, I better make sure I've got the backup plan. And and That's I know that kind of a healthy attitude though isn't it i mean it's better than sort of the delusional i guess if we talk about like the american dream way of like you're gonna make it you're gonna be the head of the company of course and then if you don't get that then you might feel like a loser of course i, I don't get me wrong of course there's that you know you take things with a pinch of salt i guess but mm. but i, so I, I take my tea 
Yeah, I genuinely do believe that people, they're in the small minority of people who are really, really successful at whatever they're doing. They've had to make sacrifices. They've, they've had to really lose everything in order to like say to themselves, I want this, this is what I want. And it builds that kind of desire. Mm-hmm. Like there's two types of desire. There's like normal desire and there's this like, you know, I'm hungry, I'm going to have my lunch. And then there's a burning desire, which is I'm going to move, I'm going to get in a flight and go over somewhere and work with different people. And I know I don't have enough money, but you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to work in this shitty job to get the money that I need to get myself to do this. And that's a different type of desire, I think. Mm. So California, I worked my ass off to get enough money to go over there and do that. And that led to me going away and then coming back. And I stayed in California with James for a, a couple of months after that. It was very well, how, do you, how do you know that, dude? We were put in touch by a guy called John Kunkel. He's New Division. Don't know if you've heard of the New Division. Yes, yeah. Amazing band, fantastic band, very talented guy. And I work with John in my own music as well. But it was kind of strange. I mean, I, I wouldn't say I'm a religious person, but I definitely... Love Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, I'm, a, I'm a very much a, a very spiritually in tune person, and, and I'm the kind of person that believes that when you open yourself up, you know the right people show up at the right time when when it's you know it's your time to do it. And it's kind of weird. I was I bought um, like sample packs and patches for various synthesizers that I use from this company called Sample Magic. One of the packs was uh, it was called Chill Wave one and two and I loved the drum sounds that were in that and I I, could, I I remembered the melodic parts that were in this pack fast forward a few months I heard an album and I, I noticed that some of the sounds were really familiar on that album I was like wait a minute that person's using that sample pack that I bought but it turned out the people that made that album was the same people that made the sample pack right so I contacted this guy John and, and I said oh, I'm, I really love your uh, your work and I love your sample packs that's amazing so we struck, struck up a, a conversation and he put me in touch with James they were wanting to do a retro kind of project thing and they wanted a singer so they asked if I would sing on it that never materialised but what did materialise was myself and James became really great friends and, and that was how I ended up coming over essentially and I went round for John and was working with him and I had this kind of weird moment because I had made a song Devotion mm. was the song and it was it had taken a large influence from John's album that he had created and it, it wasn't even like an album that was meant as anything other than library music it was meant to be used in like you know background for incidental scenes and TV shows and it took a large nod to that I loved that sound and then fast forward it's eight nine months i'm in this guy's house and he's the one that's mixing it for me it was this sort of surreal experience because i remember being in my car driving in glasgow listening to this guy's album and thinking oh, this is amazing and then i'm in the guy's house like nine months later and it's it's, it's crazy is it as crazy as being in my cellar right now no winnie the pooh's in the corner yeah. it's fucking <laughs> wild <laughs> I like to maintain the illusion that we're in a proper studio and not uh, a Bugsy Malone cell. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, at least they clean it up. When I had Haley uh, Stewart over, we recorded in this room, but it was before the ceiling was like kind of falling apart. Uh, no, th- what is that? What are those? Vocal zones. What? A vocal zone pastel. Never leave home without them. Does this improve your voice? Mm-hmm. But now we're gonna have like sucking sounds in this thing. Yeah. Okay. For the record, Michael Oakley is just. We're just a couple a, of suckers. 
some little fucking uh, lozenge that's mm. supposed to be good for our voices. So if you hear a bunch of sucking, <laughs> we suck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I always use those for uh, for when I'm singing mm-hmm. or or long term speaking. You do a lot of long term speaking engagements all my life. Are you a motivational speaker? You want to give me a? People are gonna hate this now. They're gonna they're gonna hear this sound and be like. I, I, I yeah. want to make sure that, like, if I'm making this sound, I want to make sure you also hear me speaking at the same time so there's no illusion that we're not blowing each other. Well, keep, <laughs> keep it in the side of your mouth. I keep it over in my, in my gum. Yeah, right here. So when this is when this is through, I'm going to be able to sing? You could sing if you want. Devotion! Oh, how about we listen to a song? You want to listen to a song? Yeah. Well, let's listen to Devotion, because you just brought it up. Let's do it. All right, man, this is Devotion by Michael Oakley. <laughs> the darkness falls again And we're on a night drive to nowhere Our thoughts become Myself and all the 
And that was Devotion by Michael Oakley. And I'm here with Michael Oakley right now in studio. How much do those things cost? They are probably $5 a pack. I have to order them from the UK. Oh, is this like a special British thing? Mm, I order for like five packs at a time. and Those things are lifesavers if you're a singer. They're like essential for me. I have like tea as well with honey in it and things, but I find vocal zones are the, the ones that give you the quick fix if your your vocals are maybe tired or fatigued it's just it's just really great to yeah yeah like ricola ricola <laughs> they're nice is that an international commercial like does everyone get the ricola reference well i had never heard of them before until i came here oh so i guess no they're just like vocal zones over here vocal zones <laughs> so t- look you uh you moved to canada that's right and you have a wife that's right, yeah. So how did you guys, like, how do you meet this? Because she's, she's Canadian, right? That's right, yeah. Um, well, we started talking, this would have been the start of last year. Um, it was like an, a Back to the Future page, and she had heard my music. It's funny because I'm in Miami Vice pages mm. on Facebook. I, I'm a Miami Vice obsessive. She's that way about Back to the Future. Mm. So our past crossed Uh, on this Back to the Future page she heard my music and we started talking we just hit it off it was great (laughs) and then the dick pics did flow (laughs) (laughs) well the the funny thing was was that just kidding don't do that people no that's a terrible thing to do no one wants to receive or see them yeah and if you did find a chick that wanted dick pics I don't really think that would be someone that you would want to be with long term yeah that's probably yeah I would feel in this digital age it could just be like some villainous lady who like collects them and then like has the store ready to like bribe a whole bunch of dudes and be like if you don't give me the money I'm gonna show everyone your tiny penis and then like she's got a hard drive full of dudes with tiny dicks who I don't know who this lady is I've just invented an evil woman for my imagination but uh this is not the case with you. No, we. Uh, <laughs> what a segue! Well, we, we we just sort of hit it off, and we were talking together on Skype, and and it was just so kind of crazy because I I had mentioned, oh, I'm actually going to be in Los Angeles in in six weeks' time, and and she said, I'm going to be there as well. I'm actually going over for a Back to the Future convention thing, and and I was like, well, I always take these things as a sign. Mm. Of the hands moving the pieces around or whatever, and uh, I, I just said, "Listen, why don't we meet? You know, if I'm going to be there at the same time." So I, I amended my trip so that I could go there a bit earlier, and she changed her trip to stay a bit later. So we met up, we got on great. It, it wasn't weird. I think there's always that kind of thing about uh, what if when you meet, it's a bit weird. But we had been talking on Skype and face to face, so we had actually been. You know, it wasn't just texting and then you meet someone and... There's some people who are shy or awkward, but they can come across cool because they can write witty things like over text and stuff. And then when you meet them in person, like, oh, this person kind of like is looking at the floor all the time and fiddling with their nuts and their pants, you know? And like, you're like, oh, this is not the person who I thought it was. Well, I think probably for guys and people like from our generation, I I come from that sort of generation of of being old school just before internet where you actually went out to nightclubs or to bars and or you met somebody that was a friend of a friend and Mm. you kind of socialise that way. So I'm kind of that way anyway. Mm. I mean, I'm not frowning upon it but I'm not the kind of person who would ever go on a dating site for instance mm. or do anything like that I just find it a little too weird if you know what I mean I just, well I'm just... a uh, see I'm a zenial right that's mm. the 1977 to 1983 wow okay because of uh, well how old are you are you older than me or younger than me 
36. All right, so I'm, I'm older than you. How about that? Yeah, so we're in the zone. We're in, we're, uh, in the zone of Xenials, which means that we had a analog childhood and a yep. digital adulthood. That's true. So no other generation. is. It's pretty much that pocket of like these six years. So when I grew up, you know, it was all fucking cassettes, mm-hmm. fucking VHS tapes, magazines. That's right. That's right. Um, you had to talk on the phone, uh, cartridges. Like, And I even remember my buddy's dad had a fucking 8-track in his... I mean, I, I know that an 8-track was old. Like, it felt old to me to see an 8-track player. But it was still a thing that existed. Like, they were still like, oh, there's some people who still have in their cars these fucking cartridges they put in to listen to music. Yeah. I mean, at that time, I recognized, like, oh, this is old, right? But, well, I guess the internet sort of came out when I was in, like, grade 8... But really, it didn't become, like, where everyone has the internet in their house until pretty much, like, Early college. Yeah. And at that point, like, I was in college because I came from a small town. So there were still lots of people, like, friends of mine who, like, you know, their parents didn't get the internet until, you know, like, 2008 or whatever. You know, like, when they finally, like, there comes a point where you all sort of have to have the internet. Mm-hmm. And even, like, old people, like, it'll just be part of their phone package. Oh, we'll plug you into a computer, even though they don't understand what the fucking computer is. It's funny because, uh, you know, you say about like, analog and digital. Uh, you see the two sides of it from our age where videotapes and CDs were kind of like the big thing even dvds didn't particularly come out to what late 90s it wasn't really a popular thing yeah it was a bit like blu-ray well, they like, were thicker you remember when cds and dvds first came out they were actually physically heavier. thicker yeah yeah i had uh, batman like the movie soundtrack on yeah. cd and it's like a thick cd yeah like you couldn't even crack it in half whereas like now towards the end when like they got cheaper to buy mm. when you'd be like burning cds all the time they got to the point now where you can just fucking like just snap them with like two fingers yeah. like it's and i think they die sooner like they they're they're not eternal cds well it's it's funny because the uh, the early part of it is when they all came out it's funny I, I one of my earliest tv video memories is my parents bought me robocop on VHS mm. when I was 12 and then fast forward maybe 8 years you'd be getting these videotapes in charity shops remember the the one you'd always see like friends videotapes littered in every sort of thrift store charity <laughs> shop same with like synthesizers when I was just getting into synthesizers analog had kind of went out and you could buy all these analog synthesizers really really cheap and then the digital synthesizers were the ones that were expensive. But now fast forward on, those digital synthesizers are now like... Yeah. And it's the analog ones that have accumulated in don't, value. Don't you wish you could turn back time? <laughs> oh. I wish that for Lego. Like, because I love Lego. Mm-hmm. And and there was a point in like the 90s when yard sales, people would just be getting rid of buckets of Lego. No one liked Lego That's in the right. 90s. Like yeah. it was... Now everyone knows the worth of it. So it's like you go to a yard sale now, they've got all their Lego in little Ziploc bags and every mm-hmm. Ziploc bag is like fucking $15 for this and 20 and, and most of the time it's like mixed with fucking Tyco and all these like no brand shitty Legos. And it pisses me off because I just know, oh man, if I was in the 90s, like you could have tricked so many old ladies who were like selling their kids Lego who had like moved out and like they're clearing out their room and they just got like buckets of Lego and it's like, oh, uh, I'll take that off your hands for free, old lady. Like that'll be easy for for you and be like okay it's a heavy box and i'm like yeah damn right it is it's funny that i, I wonder if nostalgia plays a, a part in that and the value and things of it it's the same with like pop figures now and i mm. collect pop figures i like um i've got a lot of the stranger things ones and i've got a lot of the batman ones back to the future ones as well breakfast club mm. but it's funny in creeps this super fan geekdom 
and you get people that go around all the various stores looking for the like the the trade in stuff. Yeah, and they pay a fortune for them, especially the Stranger Things ones. They just released next season's Stranger Things pops before season three is even out. I mean, that's stupid. It's yeah. just like insanity. But uh, yeah, I used to have quite a lot of Batman Lego. I loved Lego. I had pirate ship Lego. I remember my sister had got me that one year for my birthday. Well, when we lived in this apartment, I think the first year I went on Kijiji. When I fr- well, for international listeners who don't know, Kijiji is like a Craigslist. Yeah, and I actually prefer it just because like they have to post pictures, and so like the format, you see like the nice pictures of the things you, you're going to get. Anyway, I went on there, and some dude was selling how much? What it was like a hundred pounds of Lego or something. I I I bought nine hundred dollars. Like I. I went to this guy with 900 bucks and got like five garbage bags full of leg. And mind you, some of that turned out to be fucking Bionicle. Like there's some Bionicle in there I had to fucking filter out. And actually there was quite a bit. Like I almost think like one fifth of what I bought was Bionicle. I ended up selling it to somebody who collected Bionicle, but I was like, is this going to be a thing? Like maybe in like five years, the way that nostalgia, you know, we have our nostalgia zone Mm -hmm. where it's like, oh, the things from our childhood are big. But then when the kids get jobs and get older and want nostalgia for their youth, there's going to be a time where like, Pokemon is going to be a fucking huge thing because, like, they're reliving their Pokemon dreams or whatever people do with that. Even that Pokemon and Digimon, that's... You forget it's, like, 20 years Mm -hmm. since that came out. And a fucking Digimon. Digimon has the shittiest song. It's got one of the shittiest songs. Do you ever see the show? Yep. Digimon, the Digital Monster, (laughs) the Champions. Like, it's, like, the worst. It's trash. That's a trash song, man. Digimon, Digital Monster, Garbage. Was it not like a guitar version of it? You know how they had those sort of screaming kind of like guitar ones? Digital monsters <laughs> in a digital world. Digital monsters, Digimon. It sucks, man. Like that, it, the worst one ever. Like there is the worst. I have a, a list. It's, I have an enemies list and I have a list of the things that just annoyed me so much, but they stick in my head. So when things annoy mm-hmm. me, like they stay. There was this show called Beetleborgs, which was like a Power Rangers type show for a younger audience. We are going to cut to like little clips of the music from each of them. Yeah, so you know, you'll hear, you'll hear. Okay, good. And Beetleborgs is it has it's got the most obnoxious intro of anything I've ever seen. The story is it's like three ordinary kids going to a haunted mansion, met a ghost, and then they're Beetleborgs. Like it's 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 so fucking horrible. No, seriously, it is that bad. I'll play it to you after we're done recording. Three typical average kids inside a haunted mansion. Just by chance, create a ghost to make them Beetleborgs. And then it's got these really obnoxious looking monsters, like people in like monster suits, yeah. like Frankenstein's and Dracula's and stuff. Ah, I, I don't want to talk about it here. Let's uh, let's listen to another song. Okay, we're gonna listen to "Here Comes the Night." Okay, let's do it. So here comes the night by Michael Oakley.
And that was Michael Oakley with the track Here Comes the Night. And I'm here with Michael Oakley right now in studio. Yes. So your trajectory has like sort of bounced you all over the place. Mm. And now you are in Canada. And I'm expecting lots of songs on the next album about just go and get my Timmy's. <laughs> well, Put I, the vanilla in the cup. As you saw, I did arrive with a choffee. Yeah, I've never even heard of a choffee before. I don't like the sound of it. Yeah, it's a coffee with chocolate in it. Yeah, see, I'm off caffeine for a while. Mm. So I'm like two weeks. I might even be like, is this two weeks or three weeks? My heart beats funny, you see. So I'm trying to cut out the things that... Uh, I can't stop now. I would just I would end up <laughs> with horrible withdrawal symptoms. Yeah, I think, I'm, I think I might be past them now. What I'm trying to do is trying to get energy from other places because the the 
I look like I like caffeine, but um, for like the past like over a year, like my heart just beats incorrectly, and so caffeine mm. is one of the things that'll like set it off. And so mm. like all of a sudden, I have like these like skipped beats, and it's really distracting. So it's like, all right, I won't fucking do that anymore. And even though I like, I love French vanillas from Tim Hortons. Yeah. French vanilla is like my favorite thing. I love French vanilla so much. Mm. Yeah, it's only since uh, last year that I started drinking coffee. Mm. I had never tried coffee before in my life. Which was a lot of people find really weird. Were you a tea drinker? Yes, uh, I like I like herbal teas. Mm. I like smoking herbs. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's the kind of guy I am. Yeah, oh, I used to, I did used to smoke, and I I gave that up. I used to love st- stimulants. You know, sh- especially sugar. I must confess, I, I, I'm an absolute sugar addict. I love sweets and candy and chocolate and things like that. So I'm big into black tar heroin. Expensive. The belt is free. Because you already own the belt, you put that around your arm, mm-hmm. and then uh, and then I guess what you do next, you stick a needle in a vein or something. Yeah, and then you get a cardboard sign and you just write homeless. Yeah, <laughs> and then you just leave that, and then you put a cup, and then while you're lying there, ODing, you wake up, and then there's loads of money, and unless you die, and then well, someone else gets the money. That's true. Yeah, I guess that's a uh, uplifting trajectory uh, when you get into the fucking black tar heroin game, right? It's mm. it's you you can only go up mm. until you die very soon. Well, I do think with all of these things that you get to a certain threshold crossover point where it's so much in your system, whether that's just smoking cigarettes or smoking weed, and your body just it's like. You hit the plateau, and it just—you're never gonna. You either have to stop and then leave it for a while because you build up the tolerance to it, and and then when you do it again, you're like, oh yeah, I kind of remember, but I still do think that you do cross over, and it's it's just never the same after that. When you're having your coffee or whatever, like, does that help you work? Like, do you need it to? Yeah, I do. I I, I mean, I I've been diagnosed with ADHD, so I, I've been told that I I should have stimulants. Really, like you are an official ADHD. Yeah. What does that even mean? Uh, Attention deficit disorder. But without the hyperactivity. That was when I was a kid. So what does that mean? You just sit in a chair and you're not bouncing around, but you're also just kind of looking around the room and not focusing on things? I was more of the wanting to make everybody laugh and have a good time and couldn't sit still and just wait but is this is this you just know this now like as an adult yeah at, at the time it wasn't a thing yeah but when i got older it was i think it was 29 when i got diagnosed with that and it was kind of good because it, it obviously gives you a sort of i guess an explanation for for things but it doesn't particularly moving forward do that much for you i didn't know adults had it like i i don't know what how that manifests itself in an adult like you 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 always have the image of whenever adhd it's always kids and it's kids running around throwing shit and stuff yeah i I mean don't get me wrong i'm on the side of because i've been prescribed medication before but i don't take the medication for it i find that the medication did help but I, i was never a fan of taking that kind of medication long term mm-hmm. it made me uncomfortable i just felt like there was there's was definitely some issues that would arise with that and did you gain weight no, actually, you'd be more likely to lose weight. They're amphetamine-based medications. Anal leakage. <laughs> the thing was, though, you know, when people that aren't, that they don't have that, because the whole, I guess, premise about it is that you have a lack of dopamine. Mm-hmm. The reason why people with ADHD are drawn to stimulants is because, you know, things like smoking, the nicotine, sugar, amphetamines, they all, and sugar, they they all... <laughs> they all <laughs> did, I, did I remember to say sugar? Sugar. Yeah. But they, they all stimulate dopamine receptors. Mm. So 
where if somebody who doesn't have that issue takes those types of stimulant, they're high and, and they're very animated and, you know, like hyperactive. But for people that have a lack of dopamine, it kind of just gives them that nudge to be like, oh, I feel like I can think great and I can work great. And it's actually a more calming effect than, than hyperactivity. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the bottom line is you're fucking in control. I am in control. That's cool. I'm in control, yeah. I, I do like my coffee in the morning. Coffee and a banana like most people, probably. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what's on tap for the future, man? Well, I'm currently finishing off my next album, which is going to be called Introspect. As I said earlier, it's, it's all about songs from me living in Glasgow and, and, and getting away from Glasgow. And uh, there's a lot of sadness in it, I think. It's definitely, I'm, I'm sort of facing a lot of things, which it's only by me stepping outside of living there and looking back on it, I'm able to kind of talk about it objectively, maybe. Mm. I think as a, as a writer, there's a sort of pitfall of maybe you can get a bit too self-indulgent with writing if you're not writing from a perspective of objectivity. Mm-hmm. I don't tend to write about things I'm going through at the time when I'm going through it. It's usually just a little bit after, so I've got that little bit of distance and objectivity, I guess, to be able to do that. But that is what's uh, in the future for me. I'm releasing that through New Retro Wave. That's cool. Yeah. Are you? How do you feel about Canadian winter? Well, I've experienced the one last year, and that was horrific. I mean, I've never experienced that. Um, <laughs> that that lasted about five months. Yeah. I mean, it was still... It was, the thing is, we were in Ottawa. We were driving back, and I was playing a show up there with Dana Jean Phoenix, a place called House of Targ. It was a long drive. I think it's what a six-hour drive to Ottawa. Yes. And when we were coming back, it started snowing. It was a complete blizzard. Mm. And this was in the middle of April. And we had to stop at a place called Napanee, and we stayed in a hotel overnight there because we just—it was impossible to drive in it. And and then three weeks later, it was sunny. It was summer started. Yeah, that was weird though. I've, if I go back in time and listen to my podcast from last year, there's a lot of me talking about that day in April where there's that fucking blizzard. <laughs> like, because uh. that was—that's not supposed to happen. Oh, because that was um, when Computer Magic and. Um and Lamatos played and there was that blizzard that's right yeah and that was that weekend and I remember I think I took some video on my phone where I was like walking down this street and it was quiet it had that winter quiet and mm. I'm, I'm we're in the, Toronto like it's the biggest city in Canada and it, and it was dead silent no and footsteps ro- in the snow yeah and the road was kind of ice and it was cold and I just remember like what a fucking weird April you know like this is not <laughs> but whatever man you'll get used to it in Scotland we don't really particularly get a summer Hmm. We get maybe a couple of weeks of sun and then it's kind of normal and then, you know, you maybe get a week of it or a couple of days of it sporadically and then that's it and it's it's all over. But generally we just get a more of a kind of gloom and a lot of rain. It's kind of miserable. So I guess I counterbalance that with I just got a five month summer. Mm-hmm. which I've never had in my life before. I've never had that amount of sun, so I would be happy with that every year. Swings and roundabouts. Oh, yeah, the summer this year was just immense. Yeah, and it gets hot. Like it, That's the thing, too. Like With all the stare... I mean, I guess, obviously, global warming is playing a part in all mm. of this, but uh, when people make fun of Canada, like, yes, like the winter is cold, but now the summers are getting really hot, too, to the point where I don't even know when the optimal weather is anymore because it seems to like literally go to like oh and today it's 40 like there was a few days remember like in the summer 
Hmm. I know, like, there was, like, days where it was fucking 40. I guess for me, I, I've never experienced that. So it was, like, um, it was brand new. I've never... I, here's the thing, right? I've never ever had, like, the type of weather where I could just go out and wear shorts and a tank top. Mm-hmm. And I, I managed to get to do that. And I was just like, ah. Oh. For me, optimal weather is when I get to dress the way I like to dress and I'm comfortable. Hmm. So I like sort of early summer late spring where I can actually wear like a nice jacket and pants I'm not really a shorts guy I got skinny legs Mm. so I like to wear pants when I can dress nicely where I don't have to wear like a big overcoat and a scarf and a stupid toque and like all these other dumb things Mm. it has to be sort of warm but not too warm yeah I'll I'll come up with a fucking system I'll tell everybody the optimal temperature for me personally and if that is something that people can base their lives around so be it I hear it's gonna snow this weekend yeah well yeah it's fucking the weather here makes no sense anymore, man. It's it's a fucking gibberish. You can feel it in the air. The, the sort of I can feel it coming <laughs> in the air tonight. You do it. You, you're a singer. I'm not a singer. <laughs> I'm waiting for you to do it. I'm gonna take my time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna take my time. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Game over. All right, man. Well, look. We gotta fucking. Uh, we gotta wind it down, man. Boo. Yeah, so uh, do you have any, like, parting words? Be good to yourself and each other, Jerry Springer. Be good to yourself and each other. A quote by Jerry Springer, brought to you by Michael Oakley. Do you want to end on a song? Do you want to tell me about the track? Um, hold on here. Well, so I guess if we're... End I of guess, summer? Yeah, I guess if that's... We were talking about the weather, so... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, how about this? We'll go... Throw, to, but you can throw to uh, to end of summer, and that's how we'll we'll end this show. Okay, let's do it. Yeah, so do it. Oh, this is the end of summer. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everyone.
remind me of what we were Yeah, I'm drowning in an ocean I've kaleidoscoped emotions Neon signs that shine along the way Say it's the end The end of summer And that was my conversation with Michael Oakley. Thank you very much for listening to the show. And I hope you guys in America have a lovely Thanksgiving. That's directed at you, Marco. You're in America. I already had a great Thanksgiving. I told you about it. Thanks, man. Well, the bottom line is uh, you're a cool guy. Thanks for... Thanks for doing this with me for another week. And uh, for everybody else... Always a pleasure. Tune in uh, next time to Beyond Synth, the coolest chat, the coolest music. I'm trying to come up with a new catchphrase. I'm going to change it. (laughs) I think maybe I'll just introduce one for next season. I'm aiming for something along the lines of cool chat, cool show, something like that, or cool music, cool chat, cool show, because I say cool all the time. I don't know. We'll figure it out. You're a cool guy. You'll figure it out. I'll try. uh, And for everybody else, but thank you uh, so much for listening. If you want to support the show, go to patreon.com slash beyondsynth. Don't forget to check out beyondsynth.com for the Synthwave Artist database, and uh, you can also press the support the show button there to go to the Patreon. See, there's so many different ways, Mm. and that's the bottom line. And uh, Marco, have a lovely week. Thank you, I will. I'm getting Red Dead Redemption. I'll talk more about it next week, I guess. And thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Bye, everybody! Thanks for listening to Beyond Synth.
If you would like to support Beyond Synth, please visit patreon.com forward slash Beyond Synth. And don't forget to check out Beyond Synth on Facebook, Twitter, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Instagram. If you want to submit your music for the show, please email it to beyondsynth at gmail.com. Have a lovely day.